resident wino crystal but i'm not (laughs) drinking wine because i'm at my mom's and um, my sister's here and the only thing that she had was moonshine so (laughs) so you're in for a really good time so i'm sitting in my mom's closet which is haunted and drinking (laughs) moonshine oh so your mom's closet is also haunted well her her house is haunted, but she hears, like, knocks on her closet door at night. So, mm. there's that. <laughs> oh, We goodness. are not talking about ghosts today. <laughs> we are actually no. talking about aliens. And it sounds like you're in a spaceship with a little whoosh-whoosh in the background. That's oh, because yeah, she guys. is. <laughs> she, she oh, is yeah. in a spaceship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's brand <laughs> Subaruni. <laughs> it's a Subaruni's. <laughs> <laughs> oh man she is in her car recording um but her house will be done being or it is done being built right like finishing touches on right yeah. now mm-hmm. and so she's exactly. moving next saturday right yes so <laughs> she'll have her own closet to sit in and record but she, right now she has to have that whooshing sound or she might die because it is very hot outside in the car <laughs> It is, it is. <laughs> so, yes, please excuse the wishing sound. Um, it is necessary for my survival out here in the car. <laughs> it is okay. All right. Um, <laughs> let's see. So, who who should go first here? You know, I think you should go first. But before that, I just want to talk about all of the, like, alien things that has been surfacing in the mainstream media recently. Most notably, the fact that there was a whistleblower who was um, pretty much saying that the U.S. government has confiscated many a spacecraft that are um, confiscated by the U.S. and the U.S. government, and they're learning it. And I heard some reports saying that they're actually using the spacecraft for certain things. And there was even, gosh, I couldn't remember. I was looking for the story I found on this, but I couldn't find it. I should have saved it, saved the URL when I, when I first saw it. But pretty much the gist was that he was a military personnel and he was doing, um, like, I guess a little night mission out in the jungle and he and his fellow platoon members or something spotted like a spacecraft, right? But the people that were around it, or the beings that were around it, were not aliens. They were individuals in, like, military fatigues, you know? But then another thing that happened, I don't know if you heard about the incident in Vegas. <gasps> yes, I'm going to talk about that. Oh, you? Okay, good, good. Okay, so you know what? This is a perfect segue. Take it away. Tell us about that incident in Vegas. Oh, okay. I was going to do it later on, but let me just oh. jump right into that section of it. I have this news article on it that I just kind of reworded and summarized, and it's from 8 News Mm -hmm. Now. (laughs) But late in the night on April 30th, people in various western states witnessed a luminous fireball blaze across the sky. 
captured on his body cam, a police officer in a part of Las Vegas Valley saw the vivid, colorful fireball. And you can see this in the video, and I'll post the video on our Facebook page. Around the same moment that this was spotted, a doorbell camera located nearby captured an unusual sound and what seemed to be the sound of an impact. Have you heard seen that? Yeah, I have. That was crazy. Mm-hmm. And a family, and it does sound like something crashing down. Yeah. It really does. But a family residing in a ranch-style abode had a more intimate look at the phenomenon. While working on a vehicle in their yard, two siblings and their father caught sight of a shimmering entity. As it plunged towards the ground, they felt a jolt akin to what they called a shockwave. According to a witness named Angel, upon looking at the yard where the unidentified object had descended, the area appeared unclear and hazy, almost as if something was intentionally hiding it from view. Subsequently, the individuals reported what they observed to the police dispatchers. As detailed in a recent report by 8 News Now investigators, quote, So there's two people or two subjects that are in your backyard, the dispatcher asked. Quote, correct. And they're very large, the caller responded. They're like eight foot, nine feet, ten foot. I don't know. They look like aliens to us. Oh, wow. The person on the phone recounted what they witnessed, providing specific information about the figures, large gleaming eyes and mouths. The caller expressed certainty about one particular aspect of their account. Quote, a hundred percent, they're not human, the caller told the dispatcher. Over the past four weeks, investigators attempted to interview family members regarding a matter, but each time they were invited, the family failed to respond, either by not answering the door or their phone. Angel claims that his family heard the sound of multiple footsteps in their yard and later heard footsteps on their roof. According to them, they even saw one of the creatures, which they described as being eight foot tall, trying to operate a front loader that was stored in their yard. According to Angel, he saw one of the beings up close, and it had a greenish-gray hue, large eyes, and long legs. Angel was so captivated by the creature's deep breaths that he felt paralyzed by its gaze. Additionally, Angel noticed a circular mark in the soil where the object had landed and disappeared. And you can see this marking in the video where it landed. And according to sources from the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department, the police operator had initially considered sending a crisis intervention team to assist the distressed witness. However, they deemed the situation to be serious. Two officers were dispatched and arrived on site approximately 38 minutes after receiving the call. Several days later, the family reported that two sergeants from the LVMPD came back to the location to inquire further. The family had noted observing unidentified individuals in business attire and sunglasses traveling in a vehicle with a government license plate in the vicinity of their residence during the days that followed, which is probably why they're keeping their mouths shut, really. I know, they're probably scared out of their mind. (laughs) For real. Even though Nellis and Creech Air Force Base authorities have denied any connection to or interest in the events, sources from the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department claim to report the family's account of an item crashing in their backyard. However, the identity of the object that fell remains unknown. And that is what's been going on, y'all. <laughs> I know. I mean, I'm sure everybody, everybody has heard about this, 
But let me tell you, like some of the videos that people have posted analyzing the video that, um, you know, the family took is insane. I think one of the most convincing ones was like somebody was pointing out an area by the gate, but like towards the Mm -hmm. ground by the gate. And I'm like, you know what? I mean, yes, it is very like blurry, but dude. Wait, that's (laughs) a video of the alien? Well, yeah, it was like the alien fingers and an alien eye. Like, you know, the fingers would be moving. Um, I like did not of... see that video. Oh, you didn't? Okay. I'll, no. I'll find it and send it to you so you can post it. Um, in I think it might be in the video I have. Uh, one of the videos I saw, they were, they were saying that um, they had claimed to have taken a video that showed one of the creatures, but they weren't showing it to anybody. But maybe they have now, and that's what you found. And now I were really interested to see that. Yeah, I mean, it's all over TikToks. <laughs> and I know some people might think might not think that TikTok is a, um, a reputable source of news. But I have found that it is rather reputable in many cases. Obviously, not all cases. It's just because we get firsthand videos of people. And they're not videos mm-hmm. that are taken by the news and edited or... Spliced or taken or... away by the men in black. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, I'll find it and I'll send it to you because, you know, I'm like, oh my, that's wild. And then, like that combined with the fact that like there was that whistleblower conference. Oh yeah, we have spacecraft. So like, okay, if they have spacecraft, where are the aliens then? Did they have yep. like an escape pod? Do they have them in custody? Um, Do they have because... them in testing rooms? Are they still alive? <sighs> I know. Because to be quite honest, I believe 100% that they are aliens. I'm not sure if they're, like, visiting us, but, you know, with all this whistleblower stuff, then maybe. I would say I would love to see hard proof, but then on the other hand, I don't know if I do want to see hard proof, because that would be really scary. <laughs> it is now we, very scary. Yeah, we're, we're living in, like, Schrodinger's box, essentially, that aliens visited us and aliens haven't, you know? And if we open that box, yeah. we'll know for sure, like what's one or the other but i do believe that there are aliens because if the universe is infinite like it just never ends then of course there is life somewhere else in the universe of course sorry if i offend anybody but if you don't believe that there are other life forms out there whether it be other living microbes or actual beings or intelligent beings it's kind of ignorant to think we're the only living things on any planet In any solar system. Because it's literally, the universe is limitless. It goes on and on and on and on and on and on. Like, this has happened before. Yes. And that is a good segue into where I'm really starting. And that is proof. Well, as much proof as you can in science. Nothing is actually proved in science. But So, first, I want to mention there is a map out there. And it shows areas of ufo sightings mm-hmm. so it's a site ufo site map and it is pretty awesome and i'm going to post that it should be in the sources in the description section of this episode and then later i'll mention another map that is might be cooler but <laughs> now let's get into some evidence for ufo and extraterrestrials if you are one that enjoys researching this topic you might want to grab a pen and paper This list of evidence is more like umbrellas. 
They include lots of individual pieces of evidence, but I'm not diving deep into them. Really, a lot of these could have their own episodes. So if you want to dive deep into any of the topics mentioned, get ready to write it down. Here we go. History.co.uk. Do aliens exist? Most compelling evidence of alien existence. There is ancient evidence. It can be tempting to brush off modern occurrences such as strange objects in the sky as mere errors of perception or influenced by popular culture's portrayal of extraterrestrials. However, dismissing the historical evidence is more challenging. One example of such evidence is the painting called The Madonna with Saint Giovannino, which is also referred to as the UFO painting. It was created in the 15th century, and it depicts the Virgin Mary, and in the backdrop of the painting, a man and his dog staring up at a hovering disc-like object that is suspiciously familiar. And this painting isn't alone either, with everything from ancient cave paintings to Sanskrit scrolls, all depicting alien life. A sighting even crops up in the Bible in the book of Ezekiel. Either this is compelling evidence or humanity has a rich tradition of conspiracy theorists. <laughs> then there is statistical data. In, and I'll touch on this a little bit more later, this particular one. But in 1961, an astronomer named Frank Drake created an equation as a tool to estimate the probability of life on other planets. The equation considered multiple criteria, such as the amount of planets conducive to supporting life, in addition to those able to sustain intelligent life. This equation was later put into practice in the year 2001, resulting in the conclusion that hundreds of thousands of planets, hundreds of thousands of planets should exist where the conditions are right for sustaining life, statistically speaking. Probably more than that. Yes, so don't come at me with aliens aren't real. <laughs> <laughs> unsolved sightings. There have been numerous document documented sightings of unidentified flying objects. In most cases, there are reasonable explanations that dispel any speculation of extraterrestrial encounters. However, there are some accounts throughout history of unexplained sightings that remain unsolved. And you might want to dive deeper into this for whoever's listening. For instance, in 1853, several students and professors at Tennessee College witnessed a UFO. And in 2008, a sighting known as the Stephenville Lights involved over 200 witnesses, including three anonymous police officers. Despite attempts to dismiss them, these instances remain intriguing and unexplained. Then you have astronauts' claims. Mm -hmm. If you're inclined to believe in UFO sightings, it might be wiser to trust the reports made by individuals who have ventured into outer space, many of whom possess advanced degrees and the full set of their teeth. <laughs> <laughs> That's important. And I read, <laughs> yes, I read that and I was like, man, it's like they're jabbing at me in my Arkansas background. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have all your teeth? I do. I do. <laughs> Some individuals who claim to have witnessed UFOs include Edgar Mitchell, Katie Coleman, and Dr. Brian O'Leary. 
These individuals frequently reference government awareness of extraterrestrial existence and efforts to conceal it from the public. Buzz Aldrin has also spoken of his own experience while serving on the Apollo 11 mission. He and his fellow astronauts observed an object moving alongside their spacecraft. Initially, the object was assumed to be the detached rocket's final stage, but mission control confirmed that this object was located 6,000 miles away from them. 6,000 miles? Yeah. And how did it look like it was flying alongside their ship? I'm not sure. I don't know. I would like to know more about that one. That'd be yeah, super that's interesting. One, definitely one you can dive deep into, Buzz Aldrin. Then you have government files. You know, the ones that you can actually look at. Yeah. Although certain U.S. presidents, including Jimmy Carter, which I'll mention later, have chosen to reveal confidential information about UFOs, some have been refused access to classified data on this subject, with Bill Clinton claiming to be one of them. This disparity in access has given rise to speculation among some proponents of extraterrestrial phenomena that there may be a conspiracy at play. It is worth noting that Clinton, a notable proponent of the existence of aliens, which I had no idea about, <laughs> has expressed his views on a potential Independence Day scenario. So that is something I would like to dive deeper into. I'm not right now, but Bill Clinton expressing views on a potential Independence Day. Mm -hmm. I want to hear about that. <laughs> Brings me back to that movie with Will Smith. Yes. <laughs> So now I'm going to talk about an article that I found on NewScientist.com. Top 10 Controversial Pieces of Evidence for Alien Life by John Pickrell. And it's from 2006. So these pieces of evidence are controversial, but they are definitely worth considering. This is a somewhat short section, but if you're a science nerd, which I am, you might enjoy <laughs> it. There is evidence of life on planets in our solar system. These life forms may only be small organisms, but the finding of any life on other planets makes the possibility of intelligent life greater. So like I said, this is a lot of science. I have made it less complicated to listen to, <laughs> but if you are um, interested in hearing more of the details, you can go check out this article. Back in 1976, the Viking Mars landers discovered chemical indicators that hinted at the possibility of life on the Red Planet. The Viking landers sent by NASA did some cool experiments on soil samples for Mars, which made scientists wonder if there could be life on the Red Planet because of the chemicals that they found. One of the experiments included mixing soil with nutrients that had radioactive markers and then checking to see if any methane gas was produced. The examination yielded a positive result, indicating the existence of radioactive methane in the ground, which hinted at a particular process converting nutrients into radioactive gas. However, because other scientific assessments failed to detect these signs of life, NASA disregarded this positive outcome. Although further analysis by various researchers validated the results, NASA still remains in its original position because the remaining experience had no organic molecule detection capacity, which is vital in detecting life. So they did find evidence of it, 
but like other science experiments, you know, if you do the experiment again and it doesn't yield the same results every time, you can't exactly say, say this sure. is evidence. This is yeah. a piece of evidence towards it. So that's why that is controversial. In August 1977, a radio telescope from Ohio State University discovered a strange energy burst coming from somewhere near the Sagittarius constellation. When one of the astronomers looking over the telescope's printed data saw the 37-second signal, they couldn't help but exclaim, wow, due to the <laughs> unexpected and fascinating nature of the discovery. This dude even wrote down wow in the notes, and so now the signal is called the wow signal. <laughs> <laughs> So basically, someone sent a message using a radio frequency, uh, a frequency that is not allowed anywhere on our planet. Like, no one on our planet is allowed to use this particular frequency. Radiation from space covers many different frequencies. So apparently, that includes this wow one, because it did not come from us. <laughs> we found something strange, but we can't figure out what it is. It could be either a super rare space event or some super smart aliens using a really powerful communication gadget. To make things weirder, the star where the signal came from is super far away. 220 million light years to be exact so even if okay that signal came from there there's a chance that the um life there is no longer there <laughs> it traveled yes. so far yes but it's fascinating it is <laughs> it could be some other humans on some other planet trying to send out a signal and we just you know they're sending out a signal for help and we don't get it in time. I don't know. Well, we, we can't. I mean, we're definitely not close enough to get any sort of health signal yeah. in time. We're just, we're just a little bit far away. Yeah. Um, so here we touch back on the great Frank Drake equation. So again, in 61, 1961, American radio astronomer named Frank Drake came up with a calculation to estimate the number of planets that might be home to intelligent life forms in our galaxy. Have you ever wondered... If there are other civilizations out there in our galaxy, well, of course. the Drake equation, <laughs> yes, <laughs> the Drake equation tries to answer that question by using seven different factors, like how many stars are similar to our sun form, how many Earth-like planets are out there, how many of those planets will support life. Debates exist around these factors, but the estimation suggests that there could be around 10,000 civilizations out there in the galaxy that we can communicate with. In 2001, experts revisited the count of potential habitable planets in our galaxy through updated theories and data. Based on their evaluation of the habitable zone around stars, where conditions for water and photosynthesis are possible, they estimate that the number of these planets could reach hundreds of thousands. As a result, it is now possible that a planet, much like Earth, brimming with life, is situated just a few hundred light years from us. That is wild. I really like that idea. <laughs> I'm sure that, like, because space is limitless, there's a limitless amount of actual habitable planets you know what I mean? And there's another um, podcast just like ours on another planet 
and they're wondering if we exist. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, maybe one of them is sitting in their car too, waiting for their new home to be built or finished, or you know, yes. and the closing of escrow. Mine is done. And the other one's in a haunted <laughs> closet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and that always brings into more of the whole, like, you know, the um, gosh, I can't remember what it's called, but the spiritual belief that some of our human spirits actually have spent most of our reincarnations living life on other planets like there's a whole a whole slew of different That's species so crazy. yeah that the it's spiritual so crazy community. that you said that because i was just thinking maybe all these podcasts and everything that we do signals are being put out there and eventually in another one of our lives we'll get that signal back Dude, that'd be insane. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Our next life crystal will be on a planet. It will be like super intelligent species and we're listening to our own radio signals like, oh, huh, this is an interestingly entertaining thing to listen to. You know, <laughs> We're going to love it. We're going to love ourselves. <laughs> of course we are. There's no doubt. Oh man. So in 2003... Scientists stumbled upon a fascinating possibility that traces of sulfur found on Europa, which is one of Jupiter's moons, might have been created by underground bacterial communities that live there. It, okay. um, yeah, that is fascinating. There oh, are entire communities of bacteria living on another planet <clears throat> in our solar system or another moon in our solar system. Um, Italian researchers suggested that extraterrestrial life might exist on Europa based on the occurrence of sulfur residues on the moon. Galileo's space probe discovered this and also provided evidence of an underground ocean heated by volcanic eruptions beneath the icy cover. Experts think that the sulfur on Europa appears similar to the waste generated by bacteria living in the water under Antarctica's lake ice. This is causing some people to think that the bacteria are also living beneath Europa's surface. However, there are others who don't buy that explanation and think it's more likely that the sulfur comes from Io, a nearby moon where it's often found. Well, if that's the case, how'd it get from that moon to the other For moon? For real? <laughs> Like, are, do they explain collide occasionally? Like, how? how? <laughs> yeah, explain that, NASA. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so that is my evidence. And then I was going to go into some um, interactions of people. Okay, so there's this dude on PBS.org. Um, it's in excerpts from interview with Bud Hopkins. Oh, okay, okay. I know I'm not talking about it, but I know what you're talking about because I read it. I've read. Yeah, yes. go ahead. I'm excited to hear. <laughs> so yes, I had to reword it because everything was all catawampus from the interview. <laughs> <laughs> so the first one is the Linda case. One of their most remarkable cases Bud Hopkins has worked on pertains to a woman who had been previously abducted and was later taken from her 12th floor apartment in Manhattan by unidentified flying objects through an open window. Several individuals reported that they observed a woman floating in midair alongside three extraterrestrial beings. People like that don't even know each other are all seeing the same thing. Mm -hmm. And they said that she was hovering beneath a UFO that was 12 levels above them. 
Among these who shared their their accounts with Hopkins, one interviewee recounted feeling absolute horror as she witnessed the scene while walking on the Brooklyn Bridge. She initially thought that it could not happen and surmised that she must be witnessing a movie production. And other individuals on the bridge were also frightened, describing the site as people floating in the air. Another woman claimed to see a UFO positioned next to the building from which the woman was being taken. According to her account, the UFO was massive and her vehicle suddenly stopped working, resulting in hazy memories from that point on. This scenario is commonly associated with some form of electromagnetic impact that prevented the car from operating. And then I think it's interesting that she said that her memories were hazy. It's kind of, it made me think of when Angel from the story we mentioned earlier with the the police cam, the body Mm -hmm. cam, when he said that he looked to try and see what had landed and he saw everything hazy and like he couldn't focus on it like it was some type of cloaking device or something which i totally believe would be accurate because if they have enough technology to freaking travel to other planets i'm sure they have cloaking technology as well absolutely let's see so there was another story about a mother and her three-year-old daughter while getting ready for bed the little girl expressed her desire to hide from the little people this caused the mother to become worried and asked what happened The little girl said the people took her out of her room and then put her back inside. She said they have large eyes. She also said that she went up into the sky with a man. When asked what happened up there, the little girl replied that they took her to meet the doctor. Now, I'm wondering if she thought this being was a doctor because they examined her. Or did she think of it as the doctor? As in (laughs) Doctor Doctor Who. Who. (laughs) Because if Doctor Who is real, my family and I will welcome you with open arms, Doctor Who. Take us on an adventure, Doctor. (laughs) Anyway, on the following day, the little girl was watching TV and she saw an alien face and she became frightened. And she pointed to the TV and said, that's them, Mommy, the people. Her mother comforted, comforted her as she trembled with fear, having never seen her like this before. Over the next few days, the little girl drew faces with dark, large dark eyes and had three small raised pin-like marks near her navel and under her left nostril. Additionally, that same day, she had a nosebleed that was quite severe. From time to time, she would mention other unpleasant experiences, such as having her pajamas removed and being hurt. Mm. That's horrible. Yeah. Then he said there was a a typical case like this is what he usually typically hears. During his work, Hopkins met a man who used to be a lieutenant in the army, and he had a scary experience with extraterrestrial beings. He described feeling paralyzed and terrified when he was taken into a craft. However, he made a resolution that he would escape from the table once he had the chance even though he wasn't sure how he would do it. He recounted an incident where he felt humiliated during a physical examination and was left standing frozen on the floor, unable to move. He then mentioned a small figure with long gray fingers who gently took him by the wrist and led him away. Despite being the biggest person in the room, he felt like a helpless infant in that moment. 
This man, despite his military experience, Irish heritage, and youthful vigor, struggled to acknowledge how easily he was swayed and controlled. I mean, that's like, gotta be what, scary for anyone. Is, yeah, is the control out of fear, or, or do they have some type of device or psychic ability that they can take control? Like, what's going on there? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't doubt that there's some sort of, like, device and it, you know it also could be coupled with our own fear and anxiety because as many people who have survived and endured trauma you know that one of the yes you know coping mechanisms to survive is to just acquiesce right it's not just fight or flight yeah it's acquiesce <laughs> there should be just yeah. that okay go with it you know because that happens a lot in a lot of different situations mm-hmm. Um, And then there's the case of Long Island. So Hopkins worked with a woman on Long Island who had a strange experience. She recalled waking up one night and experiencing various physical symptoms, including temporary paralysis. Her son also reported seeing frightening figures in their room during that time, and he was extremely scared. The woman remembered going downstairs at some point, but could not recall going back up. She woke up confused and disoriented. Amidst everything, the neighbors phoned to ask them, hey, what was that thing in your yard with all the lights on it? I don't know. Why don't you tell me? Right? (laughs) You saw it. (laughs) Okay. Then there's a video I'm going to post, and it's about Jimmy Carter's UFO sighting. Yes. 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 Were you going to talk about that? I, have, I didn't read this one, but I'm very excited okay. to hear it. Yeah, so it's it's short, but it's super interesting. So the video's from YouTube. It's called President Jimmy Carter Spots UFO, NASA's Unexplained Files. It's from the Science Channel, and I will post that on our Facebook page. And then this information comes from History.com. Jimmy Carter Files Report on UFO Sighting. On September 18, 1973, the former President Jimmy Carter reported to the International UFO Bureau that he had witnessed a UFO back in October of 69. In the 1976 presidential campaign, the Democratic candidate Jimmy Carter openly acknowledged his sighting of a UFO. He recounted seeing a strange phenomenon in the sky while waiting for a Lions Club meeting in Leary, Georgia, around 7.30 p.m. The object appeared to be very bright and changed colors and was around the size of the moon. That, that's real big. Yeah. <laughs> Carter and around 10 to 12 other witnesses observed the object hovering about 30 degrees above the horizon before moving away and disappearing into the distance. The experience left a lasting impact on Carter, as he later vowed not to criticize anyone who claimed to have seen a UFO. In his 1976 presidential campaign, Carter vowed to disclose all available information to UFOs on UFOs to the public and scientists if he won the election. However, once elected, Carter changed his stance, expressing concerns about the potential national security threat posed by the release of certain information. That just makes me want to know about it even more. I know. It's like <laughs> so some, I feel like someone threatened him and was like, nope, you know, th- this is uh, absolutely not going to happen, sir. 
I know you're president, but you don't run the country. Or what kind of, what are you protecting us from? These aliens have been coming and visiting our planet for like centuries. And, you know, all these paintings and caves and whatnot. And they, they have not tried to take over yet. Have they? Or have we been protected? And if so, how are you protecting us? Like what? Or are those in power? Um, (gasps) Aliens? Yeah. (gasps) (laughs) Did I just blow your mind? You did. (laughs) Wow. Yep. They're aliens. (laughs) It's aliens. (laughs) The theory is that they're reptilian. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. We need an episode on reptile people. (laughs) <laughs> I don't really know anything about them, but I've heard they're out there. So <laughs> yeah, we could totally do that. Maybe we do that next week. Our episode yeah. on specifically Reptile reptilian people. people. Creepy. <laughs> um, okay, so the other interactive map. Well, the other map I was going to mention. It's an interactive map. UFO sightings taken seriously by the U.S. government. So this map, it shows you on the map the different sightings of UFOs that the government actually took serious. And then when you click on one, it pops up like exactly what the sighting was about. And then Mm -hmm. you can click on the full story and get the full story and background of each one. So it's really awesome. Um, That link from history.com slash UFO sightings location map. That's also in our description of this episode. Hold on. Can you, are you still there? I'm still here. Okay, hold on one second. Hi, baby. Hi. You awake? Yeah. But can I call my voice? Not right now, baby. I'm recording my podcast. But when I'm done, you can, okay? Okay. All right, go out there with Grandma. I love you. It's such a sweet little voice. She's so cute. (laughs) I said that like an alien. She's so cute. (laughs) (laughs) Next, I'm going to mention this um, this encounter or this UFO sighting that somebody I'm close with saw. And I'm not going to tell you who it is. <laughs> but okay. it was here in Arkansas. Um, in Haskell, actually. In Haskell, Arkansas. In the Timberlake subdivision, to be exact. So they were sitting out on the front porch. It was probably around midnight, and they noticed some three lights in the sky slowly going over the neighborhood. They walked out into the yard to get a better look at it, and they noticed it was a really big aircraft of some sort, and it was in the shape of a triangle, like the bottom of it was a triangle. And it didn't make any noise at all. No noise, no wind, it was just there. Then it suddenly just flew off at a super high speed and it was gone. And the whole thing was black and all you could see were the lights and the shape of it. Right after that, they said that there were military aircraft that flew off in the direction of it. So they don't know if it was like a new type of aircraft nobody knows about Mm -hmm. military-wise or if it was a spacecraft that was being chased after. But it was in Haskell, Arkansas. Wow. So, and if you live in Timberlake Subdivision, keep your eyes on the skies. And also, <laughs> if you live in Timberlake Subdivision and saw that, tell us, please. <laughs> yeah. Or if you got a video of it, even better. I know. <clears throat> that winner, winner, chicken incredible. dinner. Yes. And then the last thing I want to mention 
is, and if you get offended, um, sorry about your luck, but <laughs> <laughs> it's called Ancient Aliens, Biblical Encounter Linked to Alien Abduction, Season 5, History Channel, and it's on YouTube. So it's a video on religion and aliens and the connection. So in the book of Exodus, part of the Judeo-Christian Bible, Moses receives the Ten Commandments after spending 40 days and 40 nights on Mount Sinai. When he returns to his people, they noticed a drastic a drastic change in his appearance, with his face glowing and him having to cover himself because of the glow. The, this encounter with the divine suggests the possibility of Moses being abducted by extraterrestrial beings for 40 days, just like in a typical modern-day alien abduction story. So they think he might have been abducted that entire time, and then when he returned, he had this crazy glow about him, not from spending time with, with a deity, you know, but... Um, mm-hmm from extraterrestrials and whatever they might have done to him. But this is also similar to the accounts in the Hebrew Bible where divine beings made contact with a Hebrew priest named Ezekiel. He described a mysterious object similar to a wheel within a wheel that emerged from a great whirlwind. He described it as a fire enfolding itself. Out of the fire was the color of amber. Amber is a Hebrew word, and it's a Hebrew Bible, um, word that means polished spectrum metal. So it implies that this thing that he's seeing is metallic, and it lifted him up into the sky to witness strange things and learn about the future. Both of these accounts raise the possibility of an extraterrestrial, extraterrestrial agenda with alien beings communicating messages of peace and harmony with humans. And there was a priest on here on this video, and he said, he commented that this encounter is one of the best encounters of abduction, alien abduction, out of the entire Bible. (laughs) Like, there, there apparently are lots of areas throughout the Bible that can be seen as an alien abduction or interaction. So that is super interesting. It makes sense um, why some people are like, oh, you know, God is just an alien. Like, we are the products of the creation of aliens and that of... Could be. You know, yep, we could are be. that community of bacteria that just <laughs> changed over long, 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 long time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, of course, you could mention Roswell, and I could talk about Roswell all day, but we're just going to have to have an episode on Roswell because... I, my parents were separated when I was little and my, one of my hometowns is here in Arkansas and the other hometown that I spent the other half of my life in is Roswell, New Mexico. So we're definitely going to have to do an episode on Roswell. Oh, do you have your own little experiences? No. (laughs) I saw aliens every day painted on all the buildings, even Walmart's (laughs) covered in paintings of aliens. There's aliens in every storefront window. The the damn lights down the city streets are alien heads. <laughs> are you serious? And I'm serious. And sometimes they put costumes on them. That's funny. 
And then also the um, the McDonald's, which has hatch green chili cheeseburgers, by the way. Yum. But the McDonald's is in the shape of a UFO. <laughs> no <laughs> way. They're really capitalizing uh, yes. on their alien encounters, aren't oh, they? Oh, yeah. It's not even half of it. And then, of course, the Alien Festival is awesome. I love the Alien Festival. <sighs> Anyways, that's that's my spiel right there. I'm done. <laughs> oh, okay. Cool. That's all she wrote, literally. That's all she wrote. <laughs> all right. Oh, you know what? Before, when you were telling a story about, like, the little kid and, like, saying, oh, we were taken here or there, did I ever tell mm-hmm. you about this dream that my son had that he is convinced was actually not a dream that actually happened? No. Okay, so a couple years ago, he, um, I was like, hey, did you have any dreams last night or yada yada? And he's like, no, but I have a story that happened last night. And I was like, a story? I was like, a made-up story or a story that happened? And he's like, no, it was, it happened. And I'm like, okay. So what happened? And then he was saying, oh, hold on, my, my cord's tangled. Okay. And he was saying that he was, um, he went on a spaceship and whenever he went on a spaceship, there were a ton of other people, too, that were, like, in... It was, like, a giant viewing room, I guess. And he said that they went to a jungle planet, and they went to a water planet, and I think he said he went to a desert planet. And they were just... Um, I was like, well, were the aliens... Did you see the aliens themselves? And he was like, no, I didn't really see the aliens themselves, but we heard them. And I'm like, okay, what were they saying? They were just saying Well, then who's we? We we is like the other humans that were in the viewing area. Oh. Yeah, he said he said me and Adam were there, too. Um, that we all oh. went, and that there was other humans. Um, Your memory was taken from you. <laughs> yeah. And he said that we, they were um, hearing the voice just pretty much describing, you know, what's going on here. And I was like, so they didn't try to put us in any experiments or in a lab or you didn't see anything weird happening? And he was like, no, they just took us to these other planets because he said that it's about time that the humans know that there's these different types of planets that maybe we might be able to, like, live on or something. Since our planets go into... Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, oh, that was an interesting dream. And he's like, it wasn't a dream, mom. And I'm like, are you sure? And he's like, no, it wasn't a dream. He's like, I know what dreams feel like. And that wasn't a dream. That didn't feel like a dream. And like every time I bring it up and if I mention that it's a dream, he gets so mad, you know? That's so interesting. Yeah. Oh, and also to to top it off, um, Adam and I both woke up particularly tired that morning. I'm just saying. Like, huh. you don't remember anything, but we were just like, oh, I'm so tired. I want to take a nap. Let's go get you coffee. Were traveling, you are traveling with the doctor all night. And that's why he's <laughs> the doctor, because he observes people, but then he also tries to help them. Mm-hmm. Hey, here's some other planets, because your planet sucks, and it's going to go away. And <laughs> mm-hmm. So I thought that was mm-hmm. interesting, that my son was like, oh, yeah, we were all just abducted last night. And I'm like, hmm. Are you sure this wasn't a dream? And like I said, he's always so mad when I say it was a dream. And I'm like, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Well, that's a good way to start your segment. 
Yes. Okay. Because my segment is about alien abduction stories. Okay. So I'll preface this with these are, you know, just stories of people saying that they've been abducted by aliens, but there are so many of them. And yes, I know that some stories that people claim are not real. Some may be. And part of me thinks that those fake stories are put out by the government to throw us all off <laughs> to make Ooh. the real stories lose credibility. I wouldn't doubt that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to start with this couple by the name, like the husband and wife. Their names are Barney and Betty Hill. And they had an abduction story that started in 1961. Barney and Betty, they went on a trip to White Mountains in New Hampshire in 1961. And they kind of just wanted to have like a little get away little mini honeymoon and all that stuff mind you they were both like mentally exhausted from their just day-to-day life and they just kind of needed a break so that's why they took off and some people are probably like oh that's why they saw aliens because they were so exhausted no they were exhausted yes but not like when you're haven't slept in a bazillion years you're just like yeah I'm so exhausted you're not hallucinating break. yeah <laughs> anyway so they needed a break from their their life because he worked nights and she was just like and she was a worker um doing like state child welfare cases so pretty much she worked for cps and that could be really exhausting so they're like yeah let's just go on a little vacation please so anyway <laughs> um when they were in a diner in Vermont and they were eating and they're like, okay, I'm ready to make this last stretch home because, you know, whenever you're on vacation, you just want to get home. You don't want to take your time. You're just like, let's go for it. Anyway, so they're at this diner and they leave at 10 o'clock and they're like, you know, what? if we just drive straight home, we'll be there at 2 a.m. And I don't care. I'll be tired, but come on. Right. So on the road. They noticed a really, really bright star or a planet. Well, that's what Betty thought. She thought it was a planet or a star. But this celestial object, it became, it started moving around. And it started moving like in, you know, those erratic manners and getting brighter, getting dimmer. And so she was like, ah, oh my God, this is a UFO. But her husband, he's like, no, what are you talking about? This is something else. Like he was not convinced at all, but she was definitely convinced. And so Betty said, Barney... If you think that's a satellite or a star, you are being completely ridiculous. That was a quote from her. <laughs> I know it's kind of silly, but anyway. Because when you're thinking you're driving late at night, you know, and he's probably tired. And she's like, no, look at this UFO. And he's like, girl, we're tired. <laughs> anyway. Girl. So <laughs> the object drew closer. And so Barney was like, yeah, this is kind of suspicious because it's getting bigger and it's getting closer. So he pulled over and he took out his gun and he was going to investigate. So he, they stepped out and they approached the object. And Barney said that he saw a pancake-like disc glowing with brilliant white light. And he said that it was about the size of a jet. So rather large. So he's like, oh my god, Betty, I am scared. So he runs back to his car, and then him and Betty try to just buzz off and evade the vessel and just take off and never think about it again. But then they were both overcome with, like, intense drowsiness, and then apparently they fell unconscious. A little while later, the couple pulled into their driveway around dawn. And they had no idea what happened to them. They were not able to recall. And their two hours of memory was just poof, 
wipe from their minds. <laughs> so while Betty was like, dude, that was a UFO, Barney was still like, mm, yeah, I think you're right, but maybe we were just so tired. I don't know. Like, you know how some people are just in denial, you know? Yeah. Um, whenever they experience something crazy. They don't want to believe it. Yeah, they don't want to believe it. So that's where he was at, but Betty was like, no, just accept fate, just accept fate. So also, because she was so convinced, Betty reported the sighting to the Air Force. And because of that and a bunch of other things that were happening in their marriage, they had to meet with a psychiatrist named Dr. Benjamin Simon for a consultation. And after that consultation with the psychiatrist, Barney changed his mind, which is interesting because you think they're like, okay, you guys are a little bit crazy. You're a little overstressed. Why don't you guys go to couples therapy and, you know, dish out this. But after his therapy, he was like, okay, yeah, that was a UFO. We were abducted, which is, hmm, you know. I wonder what changed his mind. Well, apparently, Dr. Simon found that they were both suffering from, quote, crippling anxiety. Um, Betty, her anxiety manifested in forms of like repetitive and very, very, very scary dreams. And um, Dr. Simon put them under hypnosis, which yielded very ominous memories. So they're under hypnosis. Uh, and Barney says that he recalled, quote, creatures with slanted eyes taking the couple aboard their UFO. And he said that while aboard the UFO, the aliens were conducting experiments on the couple on their naked bodies. Barney claimed that the beings, they took samples of their hair and their skin and their nails and even, unfortunately, like bodily fluids because a six inch long Ooh. needle was inserted into Betty's stomach. Oh, my God. Yeah. So they took something or maybe they put something in her. I don't know. But... Betty, whenever she was under hypnosis, Betty told Dr. Simon that after a time of them being on the UFO, she asked the beings if they um, knew where the leader was. If they were the leader, actually. Like, where are you? Where's the leader? Are you the leader? Where are we? Like, because, you know, you're you're probably delirious. You're just recounting Take different phrases. Take me to your leader. Yeah. Um, and then she said that the alien replied, quote... If you don't know where you are, there wouldn't be any point in telling you where I am. So interesting. Oh. Interesting reply. During another hypnosis session with Betty in 1964, Betty drew a star map of the sky from her memory as seen from a planet orbiting um, the star called Zeta Reticuli. The most shocking thing about this was that the map was drawn with confounding accuracy like literally she drew the stars the stars as if she yeah like the star map wow. you know and um from the point of view of the zeta reticuli and the zeta reticuli is about 40 light years from earth and Betty's, so how the hell would she just know that exactly how would she know especially in 1964 because she recreated this nearly spot on star map this is one of the most intriguing and hard evidenced in my opinion stories ever that i've read <laughs> because That's she drew incredible. that map. yeah how are you going to remember the placement of all of those stars from so far away mm -hmm. so accurately and like you said in the 60s like, mm -hmm. she couldn't just get on the internet and memorize that. 
I know that that wasn't as advanced as it is today. But man, what's crazy about this whole thing is that Barney and Betty Hill's account, they actually, this whole situation led the Air Force to launch Project Blue Book. And if you don't know, Project Blue Book is like that initiative aimed to investigate like UFO sightings and stuff like that. Dang, they they got that started. Yeah, <laughs> they got that started. And you know, if, if, if anything to get uh, an investigation of UFO sightings started, it would be the one that has like this crazy freaking accurate star map involved in the yes. in the story. So, all right. So this next story I have involves an entire town in 1969. In Berkshire County, Massachusetts, there were many residents reporting to have seen a UFO on September 1st, 1969. Many residents. And they didn't know each other. Same thing as, like, one of your story. Like, all oh, these people were claiming to see that woman just hovering. This one. All these people were reporting the same thing. And because of that, authorities were at a loss for, like, an actual explanation. This sighting definitely wasn't induced by somebody just being super tired or on shrooms or like just having straight up hallucinations we never know right somebody could have some of these alien abduction stories could be because drug of induced yeah so anyway on the evening in question a bunch of residents saw lights above sheffield in southern berkshire's Many of the witnesses said that the lights were fitted to an unidentified disc. And this disc was hovering and it was maneuvering in like erratic ways. Like it was going here, left, here, right, up, down, left, left, circle, whatever. A ton of them. So we have this disc shape and there's a bunch of lights at the bottom of the disc, right? And whenever you think about it, Phalians really are here and have the technology to um, visit us, they wouldn't really need to have lights on their spacecraft to navigate. So I think that this was done on purpose. Like, you know, this sort of encounter was done on purpose as like a little experiment by the aliens. Because... Interesting. Yeah. Because many of the witnesses say they lost track of time as they were gazing at the lights in fascination. They're just staring, and they're like, uh, and then they're like, oh my gosh, an hour's gone by, or however long, you know? So I feel like it was done on purpose, because they wouldn't need, they wouldn't need lights on the bottom of a spacecraft, you know what I mean? Of anything. Yeah. Anyway, hmm. so there's this child, his name is Thomas Reed, during this whole situation. He was nine years old at this time, okay? He was in the car with his mother, and his brother, and his grandma, and family noticed a group of glowing orbs dash out of the roadside trees. So not the same exact thing that the other people were seeing, but it was like a different, um, a different situation happening at the same time. The little boy claimed that something crazy happened when they were heading home because of those roads, because of those lights. He said, quote, it came to a stop off the right side of the road, unquote. He recalled the glowing orbs and he said that everything around them got really calm. It was apparently like being in the middle of a hurricane, though I don't know why you would be calm in the middle of a hurricane. Oh, maybe the eye of the storm? <laughs> I don't know. Like where there's all of this crazy happening around the eye, but in the eye you're safe. Yeah. He said, quote, 
there was like a barometric change in pressure. It was like a dead silence. There was an eruption of crickets and frogs, and it suddenly got really loud, and that was it. Unquote. So finally, after this whole situation happening, like they see the orbs, they hear silence, they feel that change, and then all of a sudden, boom, everything's normal again. They hear all of the nature sounds around them, and they're back in the car, but they lost two hours of memory. What was even oh, crazier? Oh, they were abducted. Oh yeah. What's even crazier is that Reed's mom and grandma had switched seats. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So were they driving? Yeah, they were on the they were driving. And so then the they car stopped. is moving when they come to or uh, oh, it no, just they says they found it again. They had stopped because of you know okay. the lights and it felt really weird. So whenever you're feeling something weird, of course you're gonna pull over and stuff. So like this situation with that family happened at the same situation where all those town residents were just watching that group of lights move around. That's crazy. They switch seats. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's another seriously, like, ooh, like, so many people had experiences on this same night. Oh, also, um, because Reed, like the kid, was only one of many people who reported witnessing all this UFO phenomenon, the city was more prone to be like, yeah, I think we might have actually experienced something crazy, but, you know, we'll just, like, let it be and just continue on with our lives. Let's not dig too deep into it. <laughs> um, but some adults were called to the local radio station, and they were reporting the sightings, and uh, children started drawing pictures of UFOs in class. There was probably about 20 or 30 sketches that were drawn by children in his fourth grade class. These um, drawings, they were, they were hanging underneath the class board in the Sheffield Center School, and apparently more than one of those drawings hang in the Roswell Museum today. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I've been there about a million times. <laughs> Do you remember seeing any kid drawings of UFOs? I don't remember. I've been there so many times. Everything just blurs together. I even did like, I don't know if it was like a dinner theater there. I think it was. Mm -hmm. Did something there with our community um, theater. If you go back, we could keep a, an eye out for those little kid drawings. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's how we could see each other again. We just meet <laughs> in the middle there in Roswell. And mm -hmm. we can, I can show you all the the areas to hit up <laughs> that would be super fun and new mexico isn't too far from me and roswell new and mexico we'll go to, yeah oh, sorry, go oh i was gonna say and then we could go to carlsbad caverns oh okay that sounds like it would be a good time it's amazing <laughs> the next story i have here took place on october 11th 1973 when a gentleman named calvin parker and another gentleman named charles hickson went fishing on um, Pascalogia, Pascagalula, oh my god, I'm sorry guys, <laughs> Pascagalua. When they went fishing on Pascalua River in Mississippi, I'm so sorry I butchered that name. <laughs> that was great. Cool. I know. Um, so Parker, he saw lights reflect in the water. And so he was like, oh man, police have come to kick us off and stop fishing. But he says... Quote, a big light came out of the clouds. It was a blinding light. It was hard to tell with the light so bright, but it looked like it was shaped like a football. I would say just estimating it was about 80 feet 
It made very little sound, and it was just a hissing noise, unquote. He also claimed that three legless creatures came out of the vessel and came towards them. And he said that all three of them had mitten-shaped claws, while one was necklace, like it had no neck, and it was gray. And another creature appeared more feminine. So when one of them tried to <laughs> wrap his hands around Parker's neck, he was like, nah. And um, <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. His natural response of fear oddly went away. At first he was like, nah, but then he was like, oh, yes. So quote, he said, I think they injected us with something to calm us. It was kind of numb and went along with the program. So remember how we were saying before that, like, oh, you know, they probably like that fight or flight. So fight or flight yes. or acquiesce. So he was like, ah, oh, nah. Like he had that straight, like, I'm going to stop saying nah. He's like, oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. But then all of a sudden. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I can't even. <laughs> nah. I don't know. It, it was, we it are was, the knights that say Nah. <laughs> It was giving me a great sensory feedback in my throat. So I was getting like a dopamine surge every time I said, nah, because it was vibe. Anyway. Oh. Um, so when he initially was like, no, don't touch me. He was like, oh, okay, that's fine. Anyway. <laughs> um, Parker said that him and Hickson, they were taken aboard the alien ship and they were experimented on, of course. And afterward, the two dudes found themselves back on the riverbank as though nothing happened. They're like, um, we were just fishing and then we weren't. What just happened? So after some discussion, they drove to the sheriff's office and they told the captain there. And the captain, and the captain was like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you the quote of what happened. <clears throat> quote, nah, fam. Just kidding. <laughs> um, quote, when I got in there, they had me. There were no seats, no chain. They just moved me around. I couldn't resist, resist them. I just floated, felt no sensation, no pain. They kept me in that position a little while. Then they'd raise me back up. Unquote. Hickson claimed that um, there was a machine that looked like a giant eye, and it looked over his entire body. He said that he was surrounded by figures that were five foot tall. So, of course, the police captain didn't believe the two men. And he stepped out of the interrogation room, but he put a secret recording device running in the room. So he was hoping that he could obtain proof that they were lying, you know. And on drugs. <laughs> yeah, and on drugs. But whenever he went back and he heard the recording... Um, the captain was like, okay, well, maybe. Made him think twice. And here's the quote. Jesus Christ, God have mercy. I thought I'd been through enough of hell on this earth, and now I've got to go through something like this? And But they could have, you know, I guess they, well, they um, could have harmed us. They had, a, they had use. They could have um, done anything to us. I just want to cry right now. What's so damn bad about it is nobody is going to believe us, unquote. I know it was a little stam stammering, but you have to imagine these two dudes were like in this police interrogation room and they were, yes. you know, full of anxiety. 
So, of course, there wasn't any physical evidence of the abduction. The police couldn't really do much about it. But Parker, he stayed quiet about this whole thing for a long, 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 long time. But after his buddy Hickens died in 2011, he wrote a book in 2018 on the matter. Because of it being published, other people came forward claiming that they also saw a UFO that night. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, it's also goes to show, like, be brave, tell your story, and then, uh, you know, you, find, you might actually get the the proof and everything that you that you need okay my last story is about extraterrestrial coitus <laughs> what <laughs> nah. you know the, the boys in the story did not say nah. they said yeah he said yeah <laughs> um, anyway <laughs> In 1954, there are these two Venezuelan teenagers just hanging out. And then they claimed to have found a UFO in the woods and were only able to barely escape with their lives after fighting off small, hairy aliens. Hairy? (laughs) Yeah, hairy. This is the first time I saw something about hairy aliens. What planet are they from? (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't know. I'd like to know. One of the teenagers, is his name is, again, I butchered, I'm sorry, Bios. Bios? I'm just going to say Bos. B-O-A-S. Bos. Bos? Yeah, Bos. Okay, let's let's call it Bos. Okay. (laughs) Bos said that he had been working nights with his family in his family field because he didn't want to work during the daytime because it's hot. (laughs) Of course. So they, the family was letting their teenager work in the nights because they needed it to get done, and they didn't really care if it was done during the day or during the night. So on October 16th, 1957, he said he saw a red star above the fields. And as the star approached, he claimed that this craft was egg-shaped, and it had the red light on the top of it, and it was rotating. The vessel is kind of like lowering itself and then extended three legs to the earth. And he said that he tried to to run away, but he was captured by these five foot tall beings and they were wearing gray overalls and helmets and then (laughs) took him aboard the ship. (laughs) Hairy, gray overall, helmets, and riding in an egg. Got it. Yeah. So he said that the beings' eyes, they were blue, and they were small, and their communication consisted of animal-like sounds. Okay. So while he's on board, they take blood from his chin, and he said that he was placed in a room filled with strange gas, and it caused him to feel very, very ill. Soon after he was feeling ill... A naked and attractive female came into the room. Was she hairy? Um, I'm assuming not, because he said it was naked <laughs> and attractive. I guess I, to a teenage boy, I'm not. I know I don't think that a hairy, naked alien would be attracted to. You know. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. To a teenage boy, anything. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's true. <laughs> so he said that the woman had long blonde hair and red pubic hair. And that the two soon engaged in sex. They had coitus. Okay. On a spaceship. He didn't think that was sus at all. 
So anyway, <laughs> afterwards, he said that the woman gestured to her stomach and then motioned upwards. Then, which um, later both thought that that meant that she would raise their children in space because she pointed to her stomach and then pointed upwards. Hmm. You know. Um, anyway. So he said that he felt angry at having been treated like a good stallion, quote, that was quote unquote good stallion by the beatings. He's like, really? You use me, take my seed, and then you just ditch me? Damn. Uh, (laughs) After this, he was taken off the ship, and then he watched it go off into the heavens. And then he was ghosted. (laughs) And then he was ghosted. (laughs) So four hours had passed while he was She didn't even call me. Yeah, just left him on red. (laughs) um obviously for many obvious reasons many people think that this story is fake (laughs) but whenever he um had this interview with the dr fontes um dr fontes noticed signs that he had this teenager had radiation sickness such as nausea and bruising oh and burning sensations in the eye. And then this kid also had... I, did, I thought you were going to say when he peed. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would be another uh-oh, alien STI. Um, but this kid also, this teenager also had skin that was painful to the touch. Um, later, this kid, this teenager, became a very successful lawyer who created models of the USO, UFO, sorry, created models of the UFO... <laughs> Um, in his spare time. And while the story remains unproven, it's still very interesting to speculate about. And so this one didn't have really strong evidences or anything like that, but I thought it was great because, you know. Very interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, very interesting um, because of coitus and, you know, apparently these shapeshift, these little hairy aliens can shapeshift. (laughs) When he should have been like, nah. He he was like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, so those are the stories that I have. I do have more stories, but I didn't quite read them all. So maybe the next time we do an alien. Save them. Yeah, I'll save them. Um, I think I have like four more, technically. But I think we'll save that for another episode. Yes. I'm looking (laughs) forward to it. Have you personally ever um, seen anything alieny? I mean, I've seen like weird lights in the sky and stuff like that that we couldn't figure out what they were. But I don't think I've ever been abducted like you and your family. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I also remember seeing weird lights, but like you know, the the light would be bright and then it would disappear, almost like a shooting star, but not quite a shooting star. Because you know, we all know what a shooting star looks like. But sometimes when I'm looking in the sky at nighttime, I'll see something, but it's, it doesn't fall the same way a shooting star or like the same speed. I don't know how to explain yeah. it. And my, and my dad, he's convinced that aliens follow our family. And I'm like, why? How do they choose? And then you know what? You know how we talked about like this is all just a simulation like Sims? Mm-hmm. So these are just other sim communities, and they are they got enough money in their account that they're going on these adventures to other planets. <laughs> oh my god, yes! They have the Sims expansion pack. Yeah. Get away in the stars. Oh man, that's what it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. I could totally see that. 
Where's the expansion pack that makes me be a bajillionaire? There, there's a cheat code for that. It's called Mother Love. Oh, yeah. L-O-D-E. And I can't figure out how to put that into my life. <laughs> how do I, I put the code in? Where are the control shift C buttons in my life? That would be great. <laughs> I want to be a millionaire. I do feel like I'm really successful. I don't know. Since because we're moving, I really feel, I feel so blessed. I, I don't know. So blessed. and You guys are, are doing and- it. You're doing it up. I know. Like. Moving on up. Yeah. I. <laughs> I, I reflect back upon my own, you know, life and stuff, and I'm like, I, I feel lucky in my my circumstances and my marriage to my husband, my son. I don't know. I know it's totally not alien-related, but it just made me reminded, and I just want to brag a little bit. My husband is great, and I feel so blessed, and I'm thankful to the universe or powers that be, you know. To your sim player. <sighs> yes. Like, <laughs> thank you, you know. I'm always feeling like, you know, whenever we first met, I, we were in our, like, me and Adam are, I guess, our young, mid-20s, I guess. And you guys were in your 30s, I believe. And mm-hmm. um, you were that that older couple that were more established and successful and took us under your wing, befriended us. You know, I don't know. Like, we, it's great. And now it's like, man, we can be that older couple to a mid-20s because we're in our 30s, like, mid, like young 30s because I'm only 31. Now I'm 32. I don't know. It just is like pay it forward i guess yeah because i think our <laughs> my relationship with you i think really helped i don't know it was like you're meant to be my friend and help me see inspiration in life you know yes we were meant to be besties i know i just hate that you um <laughs> we were born in different states and live in different states, i hate but. that your house that's being built is not here <laughs> I know. But anyway, we digress. <laughs> um, if you guys enjoyed the show, please give us a like, a subscribe, comment, share, anything. Anything helps us immensely. And email us um, all of your stories of anything, any crazy conspiracy theory you have or you know of that you're interested in hearing about or aliens, creatures. I don't know. Do you have an alien abduction story, viewers? If you do, send them our way. We would love to share them. Hauntings, whatever you got, we want it. That email is witchinandwinin at gmail.com. That's W-I-T-C-H-N-A-N-D-W-I-N-E-N at gmail.com. And do you look, remember how hard that was for us to do? The first time? Yeah, oh my god. The first ten times. <laughs> but now we got it down to a science. Yeah. Uh, and check out our, our Facebook and see the videos and the photos that go along with things that we talk about, which in and wine in on Facebook. And comment, like, whatever you want. Post. I don't know talk about us I smell smell some amazing food coming from my mom's kitchen right now so (laughs) I've got to go alrighty alright guys see you next time stay safe bye I think the fire alarm just went off
but you can't hide.